A very warm welcome to the Data Professional Stories, a podcast powered by Change Leaders. Our today's guest is Rajat Khatri. He is a data analytics and business intelligence professional. He has over 15 years of experience working as a consultant with Fractal Analytics, EXL Inductees to provide support to Fortune 500 companies. So, Rajat, welcome again. Please tell us something about yourself and then your academic journey. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on this show. Uh, well, uh, I am, as you said, I am a data enthusiast. Uh, from the last uh, 15-16 years, I have been totally into the field of data analytics, business intelligence, website analytics, MIS, dashboarding, and I've done almost every kind of a. Uh, I've managed every kind of a profile. Currently, okay. I am heading the business intelligence with Ponds and Petals. Um, I am actually an MBA. I did my uh, masters from KJSMIA Mumbai way back in 2006 and uh, that's when I got my campus placement into fractal analytics and my journey into the data field started since then okay so you got your first job through your uh, campus placement right that's that's right okay what was your mindset like 5 years ago about how you are going to take your career ahead so um see 5 years ago uh, i actually entered the field of uh, so i moved from consultants to startups okay right? and frankly i was not very very sure how the data is being consumed at various startups at that level okay but slowly when i started reporting into the cpto and uh, he he uh, you know started inviting me into all the business meetings where some key business reason has to be taken so that's when i got a feel of how important each and every data point is and how important it is to you know first of all store it in a very neat and clean way so that some decisions can be taken as quick as within say 30 minutes so that's that's how in the last 5 years i have actually moved or grown at a very uh, very uh, fast pace because i was totally into the environment of working with the cxos and they have been continuously asking me some business questions and asking me for the right data so i i could think like a cxo now and uh, before they just give me a business problem i know what are the next four five questions that they might ask so i do all the analysis before and only and that's how i present to them Okay uh, so were you always wanting to get into data engineering or you have developed an interest while exploring your skills Frankly Sneha so as i told you uh, you know when i was sitting for my campus placements i was mm-hmm. not even sure that there is a industry called data analytics okay and uh, when fractal analytics came i was actually i did research about them and i was like uh, a bit excited also to understand that there is some organization that is working so closely on data because mathematics and data has always been my strength okay. so i was like curious that let's see what they do and uh, luckily i got through so when i went there i joined them underwent the training and everything uh, the first few projects that i did i could see that there's a lot of work that you can do as a data analyst right that is uh, i mean it said that data is always ready to tell you a story mm. just that you need to be keen enough to listen to that right and so mm. the more i started spending time on any data that clients used to provide us i was i'm always a cricket lover so i used to okay. see a lot of data from cricket point of view mm. and during every world cups do a lot of analysis around what is happening how the things are moving so that is that is how i you know uh, actually groomed into a very very uh, maybe a data professional that you can say all right maybe the, all of these surroundings help you to you know get yourself indulged into the data world yes that's right absolutely okay uh, which type of role you were handling in data science organizations and how did you transform yourself from data analyst and business analyst to data scientist 
Right. So as I said, you know, I started my journey as a uh, as a as a business analyst with Fractal Analytics. Okay. So way back in 2006, the, most of the work that we used to do was uh, different clients of Fortune 500 company used to give us some data. Many okay. a times they were not even sure what they want to do, or we had a very uh, you know common set of products that we used to launch. For example, a project on segmentation or clustering. So whatever data we used to get, we used to do this kind of a project and present it to the clients. Right? Okay. Not even sure of how they are consuming it, and then move to a different project and different project and things like that. So after that, I moved into a uh, into a startup called Isango in Gurgaon. That's when I started learning something about the website analytics because it was more like a uh, e-commerce portal where people were coming and they were buying uh, products and houses. But it was very critical to understand okay where are consumers coming, what are they searching, what are they buying, and things like that. So that work I really started loving because now any small insight that I was providing, we could see an impact on the business right from the next day. Hmm. Uh, I again moved back into consulting with EXL and then uh, spent almost five years working with Fractal, uh, where predominantly I worked with Visa as a client. So that's when again most of the work was around doing a lot of benchmarking for say one of the uh, issuer banks or one of the merchants and telling them the opportunities. Okay. And, and, and this everything was out of India, so I was exploring the world also at that time and I was totally loving uh, what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. because you were loving, that's why you were keep on exploring your. Uh... Absolutely, absolutely true. Okay. And, and as a as a consultant, you always feel that you want to know what is the impact of it because as a consultant, when you give some project to a client, you don't know what they are doing with it, right? Mm -hmm. It might just go and sit there in inbox, so you're not even sure about it. Mm -hmm. So I came back to India, and that's when I joined uh, one of the startups here. Um, uh, I joined the Pop Tiger Group, which was Pop Tiger Makan and Housing dot com. And that's when the real, uh, you know, play began because I was uh, in charge of every kind of data, right? From marketing to website to operations to, uh, you know, whatever data we could think of, right? What kind of listings we are having, what kind of a problem. Hmm. So which one gives you the we best are having so which one... who are builders, brokers who are giving us? Okay, so which one gives you the best exposure? Like as you are, uh, as you are saying that you came back to India and you started working with the startup. So which one, which one gives you the best exposure? As if if we talk about in startup terms, so I would say I would say it was my experience with PropTiger. Because in a startup, what happens is there's the business problem that you have to solve as, as an organization, right? So okay. now everyone, right, from marketing, product operations, they are looking for one particular problem. So let's assume the problem is to improve the website conversion. So I have to work very, very closely with the marketing team, with the website team, the design team, and we try to understand the gaps on the website. Where are people who are like dropping off and how can we, how can we make them to? Uh, drop more leads and that's when we did a lot of experiments we did we track each and every event and almost on real-time basis uh, uh, I mean as soon as the release goes after two to three days we could see some trends and yes the engagement is improving conversions are improving so we know that kind of a work that we are doing we are on the right path okay so what is your domain of expertise and how do you use data science in it right so as I said my, my expertise lies mainly around the website and business analytics mm -hmm. and finding the root cause analysis um, so I think I think data science is all about knowing three things. One is the data programming. Okay. Uh, second is your domain expertise, and the third is doing a lot of calculations around that. 
So once you really understand your business very well, right? What what exactly your company is into? What exactly are the goals or the KPIs that we are tracking? And then you know how to code, how to write mm-hmm. oh, you those uh, you know lengthy and complex codes to shrunk this huge data into very small and meaningful metrics, and then do some calculations on that and. Uh, even presenting it as a, as a storyline hmm. to a CXO who doesn't have a lot of time, right? So you just need to sit with them for like 10, 15 minutes and you have to give them talk to the point. Hmm. So that is uh, that is what data science is all about, right? And that's exactly what I do nowadays. So, so you will be able to communicate with the third party as well. You should know. Yes, absolutely. See, it's it's very, very critical because sometimes you are, uh, I mean, what, what you call it, the elevator pitch. Sometimes you are just standing next to a CEO for, say, two minutes and he has asked you a question. You cannot give him long, lengthy stories that, you know, this right. is what I did with the data. This is how I crunched the data. He's not hmm. interested in this. What is interested in is, okay, what is the, what is the problem? What are the outcomes? Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, okay. that is one critical part of the data analytics industry, communicating it. Okay. Uh, what are the fields in which you envision data science will have impact in the coming times? See, according to me and according to my exposure, uh, I think data science is there in almost every field, mm-hmm. every, every field. Absolutely. Right? And, and uh, you know, it's it's up to you how you want to consume that data. But three industries that I can definitely talk about, and I see a lot of impact because of that. One is definitely e-commerce. So nowadays you're doing a lot of shopping online right mm-hmm. so each and every company is trying to re-engage you and bring you back onto their portals and make you to buy something so Correct. that is there's a lot of analytics or product recommendation engine is that is uh, that is created at the back end based on the real-time data uh, and uh, then insurance and medical these two are industries that are really doing a lot of good work because even a small uh, change in your, uh, say, the insurance premium can, uh, you know, improve your sales by many folds. So there's a lot of analytics goes behind that, uh, that, okay, from which region, what age group, what should be the optimum premium that we should ask the individuals to pay so mm-hmm. that, you know, you can sell more and more policies. And then, of course, the businesses grow that way. So this, these all are driven by data. These all industries are driven by data. And that's what I see mm-hmm. uh, them growing uh, multifold in the years to come. Yeah, I think we can't skip the uh, healthcare, banking, and you know, telecom industry as well. What do you say? No, absolutely. See, see, as I said, it's actually very, very important in almost every industry. You, hmm. uh, it could be real estate. It could be, um, you know, medical. I have already talked about, and yeah. there are many banking, of course. Yes, but I think I think the big impact where I see is definitely e-commerce, insurance, yeah. and medical. Hmm. Uh, what is the future scope in this and do you think it is at a growing stage or has attained saturation? Uh, see, I think data analytics is still at a very, very growing stage. Yes, there are few organizations who have reached uh, or who have grown a lot in the data field. But if I just talk about the startups or even any traditional company who has been there from the last few years, when I work with them or when I talk to the senior people in the data analytics uh, field in those organizations, I, I realized that still there is a lot of scope to do a lot of things. Actually, what has happened is suddenly by you listening to these words like ML, AI, mm. everyone is talking about it and they want that, you know, we want ML to be implemented on our platform without even knowing what kind of a data they already have or what is the kind of a business problem they want to solve. Mm. They're not even thinking from that angle, but they're just going with this buzz and they want, and that's why they hire all these 
you know data engineers and they ask them to create complex models which are which most of the times they are not even getting implemented mm-hmm. right so so i think i think there's a lot of scope to start from the base it's very critical to that there has to be a team in your organization who's like completely owning how the data is being stored how neat and clean and accurate the data is even if it's 90% accurate i think mm-hmm. it's it's a very good number for any data analyst to go ahead and do some analysis but if that number is only 40 50% then any way you are using this data and you know implementing into business uh, i think you're you're making a big mistake then okay how relevant is becoming a full stack data scientist in the current times and uh, what is the way to achieve this see i think it's it's very very relevant if you if you uh, pick up any study and you find what are the top 3 roles in demand i think data analytics is usually at number 1 maybe mm-hmm. number 2 or number 3 for sure so data science is one field which the world is just waiting for data engineers to come and get onboarded Okay. Uh, if you talk about the three things uh, that is very very critical to become a, a data scientist i think one is it's very important to understand your business as well as your data you need to be very very sure about each and every variable that is being stored right which one to use which one not to use how accurate that is very important for you to understand the business problem that mm-hmm. the stakeholder is giving you many times people will just come to you and they say that okay can you give me a trend of sales for the last 5 months right mm-hmm. now this is not a business problem this is something that he just said uh, or he just asked you to give mm-hmm. in that case you always need to go back and ask a cross question that okay can i know a bigger problem that you are facing mm-hmm. maybe that's when they would say that okay what i've seen is that last 5 months the sales are actually dropping from the north region so now now you understand okay i need to do a bit deeper study for the north region so you will download the data and you will run the queries accordingly and that's when you you will come exactly with solution uh, that you need to give to the stakeholders okay so basically i think it should be a uh, it should be data scientist he should be the one who should you know expand their horizon see actually it's other way around i think the companies should expand the horizon for the data scientists and they should include them in the business meetings right now the biggest gap that i see in the industry is as i told you you know people just come to a data scientist and they tell that okay can you fetch this data for me Mm-hmm. now he will just write a few queries and he will fetch the data and he will give you two or three observations right without even knowing what is the business problem that's been solved and then the person who will consume it he'll look at the data then he'll go back and again okay can you give me some another data this way it just causes a lot of frustration into the data scientists because they don't know what they are doing or what is the pro- problem that they are trying to solve mm-hmm. so in the businesses where you stakeholders are very clear or they include a data scientist and say okay come with me in the business meeting and let's let mm-hmm. me show you how your data is you know being consumed in these business meetings mm-hmm. and what is the action item that we are driving mm-hmm. from it that's when he will feel respected that okay yeah. the work that i am doing is actually creating a lot of value yeah it should be more like a team work it shouldn't be a one sided work like uh, data scientists should not be you know just come out with some uh, task or, or just do with his job absolutely sneha and i have felt it in so many organizations people just perceive that you know a data scientist every morning they will come to me and they'll say that you know this is what is happening in your east region this is what is happening with your category mm-hmm. it's not like that until unless we know what is the priority of a business or what is it that we are trying to achieve mm-hmm. uh, a data scientist cannot cannot go into every kind of a data and find some insights maybe that is useful but many times then you say that okay yeah it's good to know 
Hmm. But then no action is being taken on that. And that's when people say that, okay, I'm doing a lot of analysis, but that is, I don't see my company valuing me. So this is a big <laughs> lag uh, currently in the in the complete data environment. Yeah, right. Um, how to keep yourself relevant in the ever advancing field of data science? See, then uh, I think you uh, think yourself to be a student. <laughs> that's the key <laughs> to that. Yeah, you, have, you have said it very well. I mean, uh, 15 years ago, when I started working, we used to do a lot of uh, analysis on SAS. Okay. But these days, I don't see SAS as a language being consumed. People have moved to SQL and then R and Python. So these are new languages which are coming in. And every and this way, every uh, two, three years, a new language actually comes up. New tools are coming up in the market. Hmm. Very, very critical for everyone to think that, okay, it's not that I am an expert in the data field. Hmm. They should think that I am still a learner in this field. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I need to understand these two new languages, new tools, so that I can get that implemented in my existing organization and I can add more values. So so just be a be a student, be a learner. That's okay. what uh, uh, my take is on this. Okay. So it's a never-ending never process. Absolutely. It's like that. True. Okay. Uh, what are some of the challenges you see in the data industry? Hmm. See, I think one of the one of the biggest uh, challenge that I face. So I'll I'll talk about two or three challenges that I always face. But one of the biggest thing is that uh, now what is happening is, as I said earlier, listening to the buzzwords of ML and AI, everyone has started moving into that line, which is which I call as a very advanced analytics, right? And no one is ready to spend time or resources or money in understanding the accuracy of the data that they already have. Okay. So, they are, so no one is doing the base work. Everyone is just trying to reach the top of the ladder, right? So, and this causes a big issue because many times what happens is when you do an analysis and present, then stakeholders say that, you know, I think, I think these numbers are way off. That means some from problem with the data. Now data analysis has data analyst has to redo the complete work and then he brings another story. Now maybe what is happening, this is the stakeholder, the kind of numbers that he had in mind was actually based out of some incorrect base of data. And that's why he's continuously thinking that now this new data that is being thrown to me, which could be right, but he thinks that to be is wrong because his past experience of his own data was uh, around the incorrect numbers. Okay. Uh, who inspired you to be in the data science or which type of organization you are fond of, which inspired you to pursue your career in data science? See, actually, uh, it all started uh, as an as an accident, or I should call it serendipity, okay. that I you know get get into the fractal analytics, and that's when I learned about an industry called data. But yes, that's when I worked very very closely with some really key people uh, in this industry. Uh, Shrikant, who is currently the uh, you know CEO of Fractal Analytics, and uh, Pranay, who's like the co-founder of Fractal Analytics, I've worked very closely with both of those gentlemen. Uh, they are both are from IIT IIM's background and very very data enthusiasts. So they they think like ten years ahead, right? And whenever I got an opportunity to work with them, I really learned a lot. So that that experience of working with them actually struck me to this field. And then when I worked with PropTiger. Uh, I was reporting into the CPTO, who's like Ravi, Mr. Ravi Bhushan. So he also now including me, included me in all the business meetings. And that's when I understood that how my data is being consumed in these meetings, right? So I got a lot of, I got valued that yes, my 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 work that I'm doing every day for this organization, it's 
there are a lot of things that are being done on the basis of that. So it's my responsibility to, uh, you know, go two, three steps ahead and make sure that every data or every story or every insight that I'm sharing, it's like really accurate because it's going to impact the business, maybe positively or negatively. Uh, if, if the things are wrong at my end, maybe it impacts the business adversely. Right. So it's my responsibility to give the right story to them. Okay. Uh, so do you agree you, uh, your good experience in your career is leading you to, you know, uh, love your job or to continue uh, doing job in this particular field? Yes, Neha, absolutely. So see, uh, of course, uh, if someone has spent 15, 16 years in the yeah. industry, uh, it, it's all because uh, uh, someone has to be passionate about his work. Otherwise, uh, usually there's a midlife crisis that people go through after eight to 10 years of experience. But if I'm sticking to this, that means I'm really loving mm. what I'm doing. Mm. Uh, what has been your journey? What has been some ups and downs you have faced? So my journey, as I said, it started with Fractal Analytics way back in 2006 as a consultant. Uh, okay. Luckily, it started at a very, very positive note. The first project I got was in Singapore, so I had to fly all the way there. As a as a young boys, you know, we were uh, work, mm -hmm. working in a in a country where we had so many people from uh, different uh, countries. So we were reporting into the people who were like from China, Japan, Korea, and got a lot of exposure around how the world is beyond India. Mm -hmm. So, so that was a very good start. When I came back to India, I, I worked in a startup. Now, startup culture is altogether different. Day in, day out, they are just asking me for thousands of numbers, this project, that project, right? Uh, luckily or unluckily, you can say in 2008, uh, there was a global recession. So uh, jobs were getting impacted. So that was a bit of a downtime at that time. Hmm. But again, I uh, moved back to EXL Inductors and then Fractal and spent five years there. So a lot of learnings, especially when I was working in Dubai. Uh, that was the, uh, There were a lot of ups at that time because uh, my client at that time was not getting uh, access to the right data. But we as a team of three, four people, we were really working hard and giving them even at the last minute some kind of presentations or some kind of insights which they can go to the uh, different uh, you know issuers on merchants and they could present so that would be in a high time again okay. moved back worked with the startups uh, that's when i learned a lot i got that exposure of working with the cxos so that was again uh, the ups of my career because you know now i'm looking at the data from very very different angle and i could see a lot of value being created and then uh, in between, I took a bit of a career break as well. And I followed my passion at that time. Uh, okay. But again, moved back to the corporate world. So, so from the last two, three years, I'm again, uh, you know, providing my expertise in this field. And uh, frankly, every morning, I know that whatever I have planned, I might not be doing it. Because as soon as I reach office and I'll check my emails, there could be two, three problems that would be coming. And mm -hmm. I have to solve them using the right data. And I have to guide the head of the marketing or head of the product or head of operations as, you know, mm -hmm. these are some gaps in the business. So okay. Let's do something about it. So, uh, yeah. And I would like to know, do you find any major work culture difference as you worked abroad and now you're coming to India working in this work culture? Like, uh, as you said, people, you know, see, uh, there are some organizations who doesn't, you know, allow or include data scientists into their business models or or like that. So is the same thing happens in there also? Have you faced such things? See, I would say that uh, so definitely there's a lot of cultural difference when you work across countries. Hmm. 
for example, when I was working in Singapore, uh, anyone who's in office after 5.30 p.m., they would mm. think that this person is incompetent, mm. right? And at 5.30, the offices are almost closed. I remember one, one Friday evening, the client wanted me to stay because they had some very important presentation on Monday. Okay. So they, they literally requested me, Rajat, can you spend like two, three more hours and mm. you know help me okay. uh, complete my work? They ordered dinner for me and... Uh, there were so many appreciations that this person actually, you know, stayed in office for three more hours on Friday evening. And I was like, okay, wow, <laughs> this is like so normal in India, mm. right? But when yeah. I came back to India here, it's like, even at a midnight, sometimes you got a call from your managers that, you know, this thing has gone wrong. Can you quickly find it out? What is, what is happening? Mm. So that is there. And uh, yes. In India, so basically there is no deadline of work. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And then, and then countries like Singapore, they are very, very advanced in terms of uh, data, mm. right? So they know exactly what they need to do. I worked for Australian clients. They were like very clear that I want this thing for my project. Whereas when I worked in Dubai and I worked for, uh, you know, Simia region, there it's at an early stage. They were not even sure what they can do with the data. We have done some really good work for different, different clients. When we presented it to them, they were like, okay, yeah, this is good, but I don't know what we can do. And you we were like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's how the things changed from country to country and kind of the industry that you're working in or, you know, the stage of the organization that you are in, you're actually working at a startup or a very mature organization. So mm. it all depends uh, on, on those factors. Okay. What are your challenges and how did you handle those challenges? As we all know, data science domain is like an ocean to find the right place in this ocean. And, and uh, what type of strategic move you have applied? Right. I think one of the biggest challenges that I always face, especially from the last four or five years uh, since I've been like heading this, uh, um, you know, business intelligence in different organizations is finding the right set of people. Hmm. Right. I see a lot of people, they write fancy stuff on their resumes. So you read their resumes, you're like, wow, this is the person hmm. I want to get in my team. Hmm. But when you talk, start talking to that person, he will have no idea why he did a particular project. He has no idea how his project got implemented. Hmm. He has no idea what, what should be the outcome of this project, what should be the logic behind this. He just did that project because someone asked him to do. Hmm. So he has been writing all these codes or creating some fancy dashboards and just giving it to the clients or uh, even within the organization. Hmm. And that's that's something that you know I, I don't want. I want people to understand why they are doing a particular work because that's when you go three level ahead. Hmm. And you pre-think that, okay, when I'll show this data, this question will come up because it's a red on the dashboard, right? People will ask me why this is hmm. red. And then you need to find an answer to that and then to the next question, thing hmm. like that. Yeah. Then, so uh, then you won't be able to, you know, upscale your level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. So okay. that's one big gap that I have seen. Okay. What would be your advice to your peer leaders in other organizations? See, I think the one advice that I have for the senior leaders is that no matter how big your business is or, uh, you know, uh, what kind of a work that you are uh, uh, looking forward from data scientists, please provide a sufficient time uh, to that person, to the data scientist to, to perform a particular work. Rome was not built in a day. Similarly, no project can be done within a day. Sometimes the data needs 7, 10, 15 days to do a particular project. And second, spend a lot of time and give the background to the data scientist as in what is the problem that you're facing? Because even communicating a problem in the right words is, is one challenge. So don't just go to a data scientist and ask him that, you know, give me this data or give me that data. Data scientists are meant to find a solution or at least the root cause of a problem. 
So give them the context of that business. That is uh, what my one advice is to all the senior uh, people in the data field. Okay. Uh, and what are the top 10 data science career trends to look out for in the next five years? See, I think uh, if you talk about the top 10 uh, trends in this field, mm-hmm. uh, I think one is very important is that you need to uh, know these two languages. I'm talking from today's context, which is R and Python, because that is what looks like a future for the next at least two to five years for sure. Right. Uh, dashboarding storylining of a dashboarding is very critical. So as I told you, that's, you know, sometimes the CEOs and CXOs don't have the time to go through the thousands of excels. So you mm-hmm. just need to present those five key insights or five key uh, visualize uh, visualizations so that it becomes very clear to the CXO that, OK, this is what the problem is. And then tell him those two, three pointers very, very clearly. Sometimes people are not even keen to go through each and every data point. It's just that you need to tell them that you, sir, in this region, this category, this thing is wrong because X, Y, Z has happened. That's it. It's the end of the conversation. Okay. Yeah. So that is uh, yet another uh, trend which is which is like lacking. The third is um, website analytics. So although uh, websites and this uh, Google Analytics and Adobe Analytics has been there for quite a lot of years. I still see most of the people or most of the organizations really not spending enough time and energy in optimizing their website journeys. So you go to all these e-commerce portals these days, right? At every click, people drop off. You open a home page, a few people will drop off. You search something, go to the next page, a few people will drop off. You select a particular food item or product or a category, and then go to the next page, people will drop off. You ask about another additional information, mm-hmm. people will drop off. Login, drop off. Payment uh, information, people will drop off. Discount code, people will drop off. So this, this is a complete funnel. So you need to understand. I, I understand a few people have to drop off because mm-hmm. they, they are not liking. But as a business analyst, it's your work to understand why, why people are backing off. Yeah. And if you could fix those things and if they are like some tech bugs or something is not even visually, uh, you know, uh, there on the website, sometimes just a small change of color or a font hmm. makes a huge difference. And I've seen those by doing multiple experiments on the websites that you suddenly see a huge jump in your conversion just by changing a color from red to green. Hmm. Right. So these things are very critical. And again, this is future since a lot of companies are coming into the e-commerce space. All right. Uh, before we end this session, I would like to know what is your own learning in data science domain? See, my biggest learning in the data science is, uh, you know, uh, it's not that we as a data scientist have to do some project or make those presentations or make those dashboards. Our main work is to tell a business why a particular thing has happened. And I'm I'm like, I have focused on this part multiple times during our conversation, mm-hmm. but I see that missing. I think that is one learning that I always have. I try to find the the business problem that is in the mind of a of my stakeholder, and mm-hmm. then try to give him two to three problem areas what is happening, and then sometimes even a solution, a tentative solution which I think makes sense because that is working well in other parts of the apps or the websites, and that's how uh, you know the conversation begins because then the stakeholder thinks that okay this person has really done his homework well, and it's. I mean, he's able to give me those context or answers which I was looking forward to. All right. All right. Uh, It's time to wind up the session. Thank you so much, Rajat, for sharing your insights to our audience. Thank you, listeners, for spending your time here. 
Hope you like it. Please like, share, and comment, and don't forget to subscribe to our Data Professional Stories, a podcast powered by Chain Leaders. Thank you once again, Rajat. Thanks to you, Sneha, for giving me this opportunity. Hope it was useful to everyone. Thank you. All right.